Internet outrage has destroyed the way we communicate. Everyone's angry, everyone's cancelled, and nobody is allowed to think for themselves. So we're here to fix that. Welcome to Subtweet This. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Subtweet This. My name is Gothics, and we are back with an amazing guest. Everybody, please give a round of applause for Mr. Eric July. I just fucked up your name. <laughs> Eric July. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank y'all for having me, man. Thank you so much. Fucking Eric. Eric July. Right? Nice. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on this, by the way. Um, so let, let's just first start off. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. For those of you who don't know who Eric July, a.k.a. Young Ripper is. Well, um, just a guy that decided, you know, had a bunch of dreams and stuff and decided to try to do everything. Um, sometimes it's a, it's a gift. Sometimes it's a curse. But just really depends on where, where you know me from, if you know me at all. But a lot of folks know me from the content being created on my my YouTube channel. Some people know me as Young Ripper. Some people know me as an artist. Uh, my band Backwards, um, metalcore kind of um, ish band with some rap sort of elements. Uh, um, but, you know, the political commentary, I'm a founder of beinglibertarian.com and just overall just a guy that seems to ruffle a lot of feathers with, I say the right people, if you ask me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just um, I'm just, just a guy that was into so much and. I probably should have stuck to one thing because I can understand what people think I run myself thin because I have so many different things that I'm involved in, but I just didn't know what other way to do it. Um, was just like, hey, I wanted to do music. I wanted to do not only just music, I wanted to do different genres of music. I wanted to be a content creator. I'm a comic book guy, so I wanted to talk about books and I wanted to talk about politics. It's just, I wanted to do everything, so I just did it and, and thank Thank God it it stuck with that particular crowd, whoever was responsive to that particular message or that type of content, because obviously I've seen a, a decent amount of success, way more than what I ever anticipated when I first started, you know, my YouTube channel at 16 years of age. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And like I said, it's just been a blessing to be able to do everything because uh, it just when I do make content, no matter what it is, I'm actually happy doing it because it's something that I thoroughly enjoy. I think that's actually pretty pretty dope that you are literally like a jack of all trades because like that's something that I'm trying to balance too and I look up to you a lot. I respect the fuck out of you because I'm like this guy's literally doing all the things and he's just like going with it and I feel like especially with content creators I, I noticed that a lot of them get their level of success by sticking to like a very specific demographic and you're kind of like hitting all these boxes so you said you started your YouTube when you were 16. What was your content like back then? Oh man that was that was a different time, man. Uh, so I first started my my YouTube. I was doing more of music stuff. It was like straight rap stuff. I had, I was a pretty among the DFW Metroplex and you know Dallas Fort Worth area. I was a pretty known uh, you know rapper, young 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 and up and coming rapper. 
And so I would put like my mixtape stuff here. But it was also that was around the time because I was an athlete. Right. So that was around the time when I started to take my track and field very serious. So I would post like my races and some of those are still up, you know, when I would because I was trying to get recruited going to college. And and, and thankfully, I ended up doing that. But that's what it was then. And it was just straight up rap stuff. It was straight up, you know, being a part of, you know, that was around the time when the whole boogie movement was popping off out of Dallas. I was a part of that. So the whole when Dougie and you know, Dallas Boogie and all of that stuff was coming out, I was like in front of all of that. So it was a lot of those types of videos. And then as I entered college, it started to turn into the vocal covers. You know, it was like, hey, let's let's start the screen screen the top screaming at the top of my my lungs and just to do it, which threw a lot of people off, obviously, because they knew me for the other stuff. Definitely people that knew me as a rapper and definitely a guy that was banging at that just to go from that to doing screaming at the top of my, my lungs and these covers threw a lot of people off. Um, but yeah, it was a much, much different time back, back then because I didn't foresee YouTube being something that I could utilize to kind of launch me. And I don't think any youngster, well, maybe now it's different, but back then YouTube was a different animal. It was not, I don't think anybody was really posting with this idea that, yeah, I'm going to be able to make a lot of money on YouTube. It was just a thing that you wanted to be seen you could post it and if you had decent enough internet you can get it out there for people to see that was pretty much all that it was so um it was i got to see youtube change um a lot because i had started way back when um and just my content just slowly and sh- but surely adjust but back then it was a completely different thing than, than what it was was now not only because i was young or just because youtube in general the culture was completely different back then one of the things i i've seen first was your take on tokenization you know with uh with heroes just because me and Della we definitely look at it the same way that you do and then it mm-hmm. led into the music stuff but then like the rapping thing like you said it threw a lot of people off threw me off in like like the best way though I was just like oh this is pretty dope I didn't know about that <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's always a cool thing, too. And that's what I tried to turn definitely as I got older, tried to turn the YouTube into a, a hub of that, because just so many people know me from different things. It's like a lot of people know me from the commentary. They don't know that I'm that I do music. And, and, and it's like they become a, another fan of, of something else that it is that I do once they discover that. Um, so, yeah, that that's always been the, the, the thing that try to. I mean, again, that's the gift and the curse part of it, because you got to try to position yourself to where, you know, you can get that in front of the audience that would be receptive to it, that would wants to hear that type of type of material while also enjoying the other material type of the material um, that, that you do. And that balance has always been something, it's something that I'm still figuring out. And when do you drop this music? When do you put do this and when do you do that? So not only that you don't throw your audience off, but also, again, you want to make sure that you get that material in front of the people who would be who would be into that type of stuff like people are like oh well i listen to this type of music i didn't know that you perform it i know that you perform it i want to listen to your band i want to listen to your to your to your solo mixtapes or, or anything like that it's just one of those things that's very difficult to balance and I, I i'm still still trying to figure that out so uh you mentioned that you were a gangbanger yeah. So explain to me how how did that shift happen where you decided I'm just not going to do this anymore? Like, did anything happen? 
Yes, great question. Uh, don't even get asked this a lot, but yeah. So when I was, this was what seventeen, eighteen years old, and my my girlfriend at the time, you know, I was a track and field athlete, uh, obviously, and like like I mentioned earlier, and she was she was a basketball athlete, and we would kind of kick it after after school like she'd be leaving practice and I'd be going to practice and there was this instance where some guys came up there obviously to to bang on me right and that was kind of the first instance where I realized that okay what I was doing yes it had it's, it's one I was a very fearless person like it wasn't nothing for me to run up and and 15 dudes and try to fight them all like that was just what it what I, the type of crazy crap that I was on but that was like the first instance that I really that it set in that I was putting someone else like kind of in danger with the foolishness uh, in terms of what I was doing and it, it, it clicked like that I was like that day I was like dude I got to kind of chill out because this this could get someone else hurt that has nothing to do. And thankfully, out of that, that didn't happen. But that realization kind of comes to you when all of that time you see a car full of dudes, you know what time it is. And it's nothing for me. Like, I'm like, all right, I could I'm dropping everybody in. Like, it's whatever's going to happen, going to happen. But then you're like, wait a minute, I have someone else with me. She could get hurt. And I cared about her, obviously, at the time at the time. And that was what what changed you know and i was still on my buffoonery but that sent me down that path of uh, over the next course of the next years to be like this is complete what i'm doing it, it makes no sense i have too much talent i have other things that i have going for me to to be sitting here bumming doing this is is is, is nonsense and again i could get someone else caught in the crossfire or caught in in between this and that's something that i could not just have on my conscience one thing for someone to come bang on me whether it be shooting at me or come jump me or whatever, but it's another thing to have that kind of bleed into someone that you care about. And that was the realization that kind of stuck with me. And I was like, yeah. And I was, don't get me wrong, I was still on some on some nutty stuff, but you can, my attitude kind of started to change. And eventually I phased up out of that. But that was the one kind of defining moment that got me to change. That's dope. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good. That's crazy that you didn't start thinking about that until you saw that your actions would be affecting the others around you. And then you started to think about, all right, no, I got all this talent, so let's go on from here. So that's actually that's admirable. That's pretty dope. Yeah, that's that's it's it's good that he he you know that you were able to, you know, realize that because some people don't. Yeah. Some people don't. It's just like, oh, that's just the lifestyle. That's yeah. the lifestyle. That's the area you grew up in, this is how it's gonna be. And even though somebody else gets like, you know, a casualty of like, you know, that incident, they're just like, I'm just going to constantly do what I'm doing. You know, if you don't want to ride with me, you're not going to ride with me. Yeah. But for you, you saw, I don't want to put people who are just trying to hang out with me, you know, don't want to be involved in this life, get hurt. Yeah, most definitely. That was a good wake up call for you. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. So I could be wrong. And I've, you know, I've listened to a lot of your music and it seems that you have like a lot of messages that pertain to like self accountability. So do you, is that something that you're trying to strive to like get that message out to your audience? I would argue that's like probably the most important thing of, of everything that all the topics that I cover, that's the centerpiece of everything is that accountability, self-reliance, responsibility, because it's something that in this day and age, not just due to politicians, but due to the education system, where being an individual and being responsible for your actions is something that is put by the wayside. And this is why a lot of people adopt the economic philosophies that they adopt. They adopt the social policies that they adopt because it rids them of the responsibility. And me personally, I just think that's for losers. That's not a thing that I want to be a part of. And also I think 
my upbringing kind of attributes to that, you know, being raised by a a, a single mother who did everything in her power to keep me. And she only could do so much. Uh, she couldn't teach me how to be a man. And, and it, but to see her do everything it was that she did. And, and then also me coming from the lifestyle that I was living um, and, and growing from that, I just have a very low tolerance from people always trying to pass blame for their they're like where they're at in life on someone else. That's not to say that there aren't wrongdoings, but even when I'm done wrong and I say this stuff in my music, that was actually the topic of, uh, you know, my song be, be great with backwards when we're talking about how like the first thing that I look at, even if there is a wrongdoing, I'm looking at, okay, what did I do to put myself in that situation for this person to even do me wrong or me to be done wrong? Because I think that's empowering in, in itself. And when you feel like you have some sort of uh, uh, control, it, it feels better. So even if I fail, you know, I'm like, well, that was on me. That was not on someone else. That was on me. I did something and there's something that I could have done uh, to adjust. So that is probably, I would not probably, I would say that that's a centerpiece of everything it is that I am and everything that I try to put people on game about because I think that's something that is very and obviously with the individualist philosophy that I adopt in libertarianism it's the, it, it, that kind of lends itself to that as well because I just believe that you know once you it's a very liberating you know what I mean when you look at the world in the sense of what can I do? What, you know, how can I move my world instead of waiting for someone else to try to try to move it for you? It's very, very liberating as a person because you, you once you navigate, you can actually pinpoint where you screwed up. And I don't shy away from that. And I don't think any individual should shy away from it. But absolutely, that's like the most important, not the probably number one principle that it is that I adopt, that I try to put people on game in regards to. So, so would you say like that uh, a lot of people suffer from a victim mentality where they have to constantly go, I'm in this position because of other people. It's not my, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I can't rise above my environment or where I'm at in life. It's because this is holding me back and that's holding me back. And these people are shutting the door in my face, even though it's on that person itself. Absolutely. And it's because it's an easy position to have. It's a very correct. It is. It is. You know, because you can when you can sit there and place blame on everybody else or every other thing, Asabi, the, the white man across the corner or something like that, when you can do that, it, it's a very easy position to adopt because there's no responsibility. There's no accountability to your actions. You can always place blame on someone. It's a very easy position to adopt. And that's why a lot of folks do tend to tend to adopt that and they don't because yeah it, though it's liberating with freedom comes responsibility you know what i mean and a lot of people don't want they actually shy away from that idea because they again it come they come to that realization that well my actions uh, are are the biggest you know primary more so determinant of where i am going to be in life that a lot of people are they're scared of that sort of responsibility so they adopt more victimhood it's like all right well, 
well, who can I blame? Well, the, 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 the white man, the this this type of person. Well, this is why we have all these weird phrases and, and all sorts of things that people conjure up to try to blame someone for for putting them in the position that they're in, because that is the easiest position to have. And it's un- it's unfortunate because those people like there, there's obviously probably being politicians who gain control over people's lives being predatory in that regards this idea that okay you are a victim let me come save you right like a white savior type thing that's been going on worst the absolute worst i you know correct me if i'm wrong but just to kind of go into politics really quickly i I, like i felt like that was kind of uh uh, a biden's shtick like that's his shtick to be the savior of the oppressed people and it's gonna go away yeah it's it's just gonna go away he's gonna get elected and racism's gonna go away everyone's gonna be happy kumbaya and everything um and it's funny because like so you know now that we mentioned it uh so it seems that this whole topic about self-accountability can tie into maybe the black lives matter movement and Mm. i remember seeing your reaction to the mural in the miles morales game so i'm gonna go on a whim here and say that you are a big advocate for blm correct not even close (laughs) you know we know you got a shirt in the back just come on on. he was webbing the crap out of that wall y'all i was sorry like it's 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 like and i would say going through just because i, I i'm in a but the different fields that I'm in and coming into contact with people who automatically assume that I'm with that shit is so frustrating uh, to have some random white woman like talking and to me and then to be like, yeah, you were, I'm glad we got rid of Trump or I'm, I'm, uh, you know, black lives matter. I'm, uh, you know, apologizing for experiences that she had nothing to do with, even though I'm in a much better economic situation than she'll ever be in like that type of stuff is is so annoying but of course be it in, in going back to what you were saying be it in biden or the democratic party that's what they feed on that's their whole shit they have absolutely nothing else aside from hey you're in this position all the injustice it, it racial injustice everything is about something happening to you and i am going to come save you they never have a plan in terms of how exactly they're going to do that because they can't do that but who cares about the specifics of it all they want the power they want to control and people will willingly give it to them uh be, because of that but uh, obviously i'm against black beard and black lives matter being in movement or organization i've been pretty firm on, on why it is that i don't support either people are like well well the movement's different from the from the organization like yeah i'm not with that either that's like so whatever way you want to want to package it that's not that's not my thing i i just cannot sit around moping you know like it is a, a crutch to be black like again that is for losers i refuse yeah. to do that i refuse to 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 participate in that sort of behavior acting as if like i am just this uber oppressed person and there's again it's this white man or the white patriarchy or any other thing like that that is holding me down i just cannot i can't be with that that is not my thing i feel like what they stick more though is that yeah it's also the kind of savior complex but it's also more of fear it's kind of Mm. doing that fear mongering like you need us or this can happen you need this or this can happen like what Amy Coney Barrett, everyone just kept bringing up, oh, Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. And no one said anything about that. They initially yeah. just said that to make people scared. 
And then just another fact that I think which made the BLM movement kind of more prominent, I would definitely say we've experienced it with friends is a lot of hard white guilt. Oh, God. It's, uh, <laughs> we, we've, encountered, we've had friends that part ways. And I think that with that white guilt, it's hitting hard. And you're kind of you're kind of seeing that where we see things kind of get pandered. We are seeing mm. in comics. We see it in entertainment. It's seeing these awards given out for nothing at all. It's just people aren't earning shit. It's just look at the skin color. Bam, I'm in. You're seeing it with schools, just letting people in, even with lower test scores. So it's just it's kind of affecting everything now. No, most definitely. You're you're 100 percent. It's funny how you said, like, you know, that uh, that uh, Biden was saying, like, oh, I'm going to save you guys and everything. But it's just like, wait, what you going to save us from the same shit that you set up for us? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're going to save me from the. That, that law that put my ass, that put many people like me in jail, you're going to save me from the laws you set up. So the Democrats are going to save black people from the laws they put in place to fuck us. And <laughs> and it was funny because I remember watching one of your videos and you said the Democrats have a are very good at embedding themselves in modern media like mm. and in, in modern social media. Like they see things and they go, okay, let's, let's get ourselves in there. A perfect example with during the debates was Kamala Harris when she was making the constant face at the, the constant faces and stuff. She was doing that because she knows social media. They're gonna make memes out of that and they're gonna eat it up. And then AOC gonna get on Twitch. They infiltrate so they infiltrate certain media to play on that. Like and the Republicans they kind of just say, hey, we're doing this and that's it. Yeah. But the you Democrats know, are kind of like here, lose. here, here, we're all over. Hey, oh that's what they lose, man. That's one of the things that I I, I talk about obviously on Blaze TV all the time. And how both conservatives and libertarians like they lose existing by not existing in those spaces. In a lot of cases, they demonize people in those spaces. And Democrats to and leftism and progressives, whatever you want to call them, to their credit, as dumb as I might think they are in terms of their policy, they're smart enough to realize that if they infiltrate and that's why they have control of virtually everything be it in you know media social media education like everything because they play the long game you know they're like if we can get their entertainment we can get the things that they consume then we're gonna have a lot of influence damn the policy like no who cares about uh, about that we don't even have to lead with that because we're gonna be the ones existing and, and controlling the conversation and that's what it is that they do and they're very they're very particular uh, particular about doing that and that's their that's their strategy they've been playing that long game for decades and it's worked and it's absolutely worked and uh this is why i think for example with my band why we stuck out like a sore thumb was because we existed in metal among the metalcore and the hardcore scene i Obviously, at that time where I felt that we was it was very necessary at Trump and Hillary running at the time, we obviously existed during a time that was very necessary. But we was also the guys that were not on the same team as virtually the entire genre. Like, so it was it was cool to do, you know, tours with these guys. And obviously the other bands that they get on their front men, get on stage saying the same old corny, you know, leftist bullcrap. And then I get on stage and I would always like every show that we would do. I would say, if you think the problem started and ended with Donald Trump, and you you have no idea what's going on, and I would go make it my make a point to start talking shit to their ideology because they feel as if they are always right. They go virtually unchallenged in the different aspects that they that they're in or the different industries that they're that they're in. But that's why we stuck out like a sore thumb was because a lot of folks are like, damn, there's a band who because uh, a lot of folks are like, and I feel it as well. When you're guilty, almost not necessarily guilty, but you kind of have this like, eh, like I like this, but then you find out, like I have to go out of my way to not 
find out the politics of a of an artist or of a of an actor because I know damn well they're gonna let me down and say something stupid. Uh, and unfortunately, because everybody wears definitely the the, uh, the actors and the actresses and the musicians, all of them wear their policies on their sleeves now. Almost they're exclusively you know leftists. But that's why we existed. Oh, not that's not not what necessarily why we we existed. We didn't do that to we didn't get in the game on that idea. But that benefited us a lot because you know people finally saw something that they could really feel and they didn't feel guilty in supporting it because they knew that we were upfront with who it was uh, uh, that we're in. And I, and I do encourage people to do whatever it is that you're doing or whatever subculture you're involved in, be it in music, gaming, I don't care what it is, like do that and be proud about it because you are so necessary and so needed because it is certainly an uphill battle because like I say, these guys going around calling themselves progressives seem to have control of every damn thing, man. And they're in an echo chamber. I know you guys are dealing with it with Twitch. Like it's an echo chamber of just complete nonsense. And God forbid you have a position to the right of Bernie Sanders and they call you Nazi and all kinds of craziness. Um, But that's the type of uphill battle that we're dealing with. And I encourage people to exist in whatever space it is and just just do it because I'm sure gothics can speak to that. Everybody can speak to that when you do it. You kind of get people that may message you under the table like, man, I, I agree with a lot of what you say. Now, I can't do it. And I'm like, I get it. But the more that y'all do it, the more, you know, I feel like the more powerful they feel as if they get themselves by seeing other individuals do it and just be as unapologetic as possible about it. But it's so necessary in this day and age. Yeah. Woo! Yes, I agree. Everything. <laughs> yeah, that's literally kind of did a little sermon right that, there. That that is literally <laughs> the past six months. That is how the past six months have been, especially when we're talking in terms of Twitch. So you know what? Let's segue into that because you've started to make your uh, reappearance back on the platform. Yep. You've been streaming more now. You already, you, you and I both know how extremely one sided it is it is politically. So uh, I would ask, do you? Feel feel like you would be welcome but i think we would already know the answer to that so i'm gonna instead ask <laughs> i'm going I would, to I would, how about we ask like do you feel like it's the right time to come into twitch with the shit show that it is right now it is a the- it's a shit show no no doubt about <laughs> it. But, but i think that it's worth getting into but i think we and by we, I mean people that are content creators on that platform and one, one way, shape, or form that aren't progressives. Like I don't really, whatever you call yourself is whatever, um, or what do you whatever you you deem yourself. You you can even be progressive, but disagree with let's say other the the vast majority of the progressives on on Twitch in terms of whatever narrative it is. I think that it's it it it, it may help us out if we do acknowledge each other's existence on that platform because like I said it's an uphill battle but I think it's a valuable battle to have only because I think if there is more let's say political diversity if you will it will kind of stomp out a lot of this nonsense particularly that you see with people our age and younger who who go to this platform and watch this stuff and pick up this garbage from a lot of these idiots on on that platform but again they go virtually unchallenged on it because it's an echo chamber so yeah I think I think it's worth getting at least attempting to get into but I also think that there has to be some sort of effort to like acknowledge the fact that there's other 
other folks there. That way people don't feel so isolated in what it is that they're that they're doing. You know, when I see Gothic streaming, for example, I try every now and then I, I jump in in your chat to, you know, just to say what's up. Little stuff like that. I've shot I've shouted you out, you know, before on 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 stream and, and stuff, because I think that's a valuable thing right now, because I think the more people that see that, the more people see that, the more folks become more bold to just be themselves. It's a lot of fronting on on is it actually um, a chick who it almost sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm playing on a sexuality, but it's not. What well, she had to come out essentially as libertarian. She's a partner, <laughs> uh, uh, to a Twitch streamer that does a lot of music stuff. And she was like, I'm a, she'd message me and she'd be like, yeah, I, I, I'm a libertarian. I, I, I agree with a lot of what you say. It's just I, I'm starting to find a little more confidence to be as open. No, it doesn't have to control your content, but you can be more open with who it is that you are. And I'm just I like to see that because I know the more that that happens and the, and the more folks have that platform, the 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 gates, the floodgates open up because you'll see other folks say, you know what, that. I'm not with what it is that everybody's talking about. And it does seem like it's okay, which is why it's necessary for you to be unapologetic about it. Like you can't, you can't be halfway in and halfway out. You gotta be, if you're going to be that way, just be that way. And don't apologize for it. I don't apologize ever. I make a, I make a point to not apologize for anything. It is that unless I like did it, like it was a legitimate wrongdoing. That's the only way I'm apologizing for you being offended or not liking the fact that I exist. I'm not apologizing for that. I refuse to to do that and i'm going to continue going to continue to be who it is that i am so i do think it's it's a thing worth worth pursuing but yeah it, it's absolutely an uphill battle because you know what you're you know what you're dealing with it is an absolute echo chamber um on twitch and they're going to do everything it is that their power but with all movements it's like one of those things that at some point it becomes too big to to stop it was like that with our band we had been ostracized we had had all of these people who did everything that they could for us to try to not get off the ground solely because of our politics but it just got too big to where you had these bigger bands that were like yeah we'd be kind of stupid to not bring them on the road they draw they 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 a lot of folks like them i mean yeah damn their politics but this is from an economic situation it's just like they had to do it because we got too too strong so i encourage folks to exist on that if you are on that platform just be unapologetic you don't have to lead with it i'm not saying you got to beat everybody over the head with it but just be be you and don't have to apologize. You see, think something's wrong or you have an opinion. Don't feel like, well, I can't say that because uh, my followers or, or or the 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 culture of Twitch will get pissed off at me. Just be you, man. Just do it. I think that's I think that that's a big part of the problem is because Twitch attracts a lot of people that just want to be like instant famous. Like they just their mm -hmm. dream is to just to be that creator. So I, even I was getting like a lot of messages about uh, how people just like stop streaming altogether because they felt like them being open about their politics would lessen their opportunities to get a sponsor or to collaborate or something like that. Like, do you have any worries about stuff like that? Or are you just like you're just trusting your being yourself well no that's a it's a thing that you're gonna have to deal with like let's be realistic about it i don't have now people talk i have no sponsors by the way um, i don't think i've ever i don't think i've told anybody that aside from a couple of times like i have zero not on any side of the aisle i have zero like all of my stuff is generally funded by way and yeah i'm, I'm i've made this lucrative uh it's funded by either the people that enjoy my content or the other sort of things that i'm able to do I, you know the music and the merchandise and all and all of that i don't have any so it's a thing 
thing that you're going to have to deal with. It's a realistic thing that you're going to have to deal with. But this is why I'm saying that at some point, if 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 we're going that route, I do believe I, I genuinely believe that that if we if you start to become big as a content creator at some and there's other ones like you. What happens is there's a cultural pendulum and it swings all the time, believe it or not. It's going to swing back the other way. And a lot of people don't understand that a lot of these leftists are making it worse. It may swing too far back the other other way when it does end up swinging back, but it will swing back. And if whether you are a creator uh, in any space, that's something that's a reality that you're going to have to deal with is that there's there's there's. You're going to get passed up for some things. But as you get bigger and companies become more open to being like to messing around, we've seen this like Ridge, for example, they've sponsored a lot of more controversial. Uh, I won't say con- I hate to even use that term. Non-leftist content creators. Let's just say that they, they've they've sponsored them. And I think that as as you as people get bigger, at some point, the companies are just going to be like, look, we'd be stupid not to because they're missing out on, a, on, on an opportunity. But that should be. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because that should absolutely be something that you keep in mind if you are on that uh, on that platform that, yes, right now, just considering where we're at, because the, the we're, we're so far behind there. Yes, you may get passed up here or there on some sort of opportunity because of your politics. And I, don't, I obviously don't agree with that. That sucks, but it's a reality of a situation. I just don't think that that's permanent as more people go, go do that. And that's why I think it's worth existing on, on, on not just that platform, but on, in that particular space being like streaming video games or anything like that. Do you guys want to tackle your questions? I might have more later, but <laughs> no, I got my, and it's going to go on to like one of his, his favorite subjects. I want to go on to tokenization. So, oh man, this is like so this is why just kind of like I was gonna like just segue into that because you know so, not not even only in just comics but like in entertainment in general. So I so I just wanted to say like you know just how you view representation in certain mediums. Like me, I don't you know when I have a kid, it's not gonna be for them to look up to a fictional hero to right. know how to be you know an individual like. You know, that's well, if you want to see a strong female or male, you look at your mother, or you look at your father. Bingo. I'm not going to guarantee I'm not going to have you look at black Superman and being like, oh, he's my color dad. Like, yeah, you know, you can't fucking fly or shoot lasers out your eyes either. So, you know, yeah. that shit don't make sense. It's not their responsibility. It's not no one's responsibility. I get the I get the concept with representation. Like, I get it. Like, you know, I kind of talked to Nessa and I felt like I was insensitive about it at the same time. But then not where there was a guy who was playing miles morales and he was crying because he saw like the puerto rican flags and everything (sighs) and me mind you i'm black and i'm puerto rican too i'm basically miles but it's just i didn't look at it that way i'm like all right cool that's cool but i mean like the way that some people see representation he's like boricua Mira, (laughs) i don't know like not to be fun i was yeah but yeah your view on you know kind of like representation and how you how you see it is it getting worse now or does like, representation uh, even matter to doesn't you? doesn't matter to you yeah all right i know i was all over the place like what's it mean to you really? right, right. Yeah. to me though no in terms of how they deem it like no because there's other ways to relate to an individual to a particular character to a narrative in ways that have absolutely nothing to do with your color your your skin tone uh, your your ethnic, ethnic background your gender your sexuality and I hate that folks try these folks that claim is all of diversity or or representation 
And they limit all these individuals to a lot of times things that you absolutely cannot control. I was born black. Like, this ain't anything that I worked for. I came out of my mom's womb with dark skin. That's just how it worked. So there's nothing like, it's not a like, uh, there's nothing to be congratulating me about. I don't need to particularly see that. And I talk about this all the time. And about like my favorite character growing up was Flash. That was my favorite comic book character. White, really? White, yes, it was Flash. The reason being, I was a track and field athlete. So I hated the Flash. I, I, you know, so I, I was like, I, I saw a character. My mother introduced me to the to the comic books, and I saw this character whose superpower was to run fast. I, as a guy that as a kid that could, that was always fast, and I and I, I was then you know killing these kids on field day back in the back in first, second, and third grade. I thought Flash was 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 cold. And then as I got older, Batman became. I couldn't be even further from Batman and terms of his race and wealth i couldn't even be anything further but i relate to him uh or relate to how that character uh, that character is as you know he had this you know obviously growing up i that was my father kind of got out of the picture around the same age that that bruce's father was out of picture albeit his was killed and mine wasn't you know but that was a way that i thought i thought was was fairly fairly cool and how you know despite working with other people he had this sort of individualistic uh you know approach to to his his crime fighting and his own personal responsibility to try to clean up Gotham. That was something that I related to and I thought was cool. Now, let them tell it. I can't like Batman or I can't like Flash or I can't find any enjoyment out of that because he's a different color. And that's bullcrap. And I actually think want to talk about toxicity. I think it's a toxic thing for people to 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 limit folks to their identity often things that they cannot control it's like what are you saying there's only thing that 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 there is to me is that i'm black and you can just throw some bone at me and then oh well, i feel good about myself first of all that's not your responsibility as you mentioned and it was never never going to be your your, your responsibility but that's what this whole representation thing has become it's a way that a lot of writers a lot of actors and actresses kind of crown themselves as as people were seeing this with the that's playing but she can't shut up enough the chick that's playing a black batwoman and what she feels yeah. like it's her responsibility as a as a black person or a, a person of color who's who's also bisexual and and for her to do this and that she's talked nothing about the character itself and she's always led you can go listen to everything that she's been saying on the campaign trail if you will about this upcoming batwoman and it's all leading leading to that because they feel like they have this responsibility it's very egotistical approach that it's on them to try to raise your kids or raise other people and it's not it's not and like you said when i have kids that's certainly something that i want to instill to them like being a father mother being a mother and that's if you are to look up to someone as an example that's who you look up to not some character but that's this whole representation thing the reason i find it a gimmick is because they limit it to your identity when there's absolutely ways that you can relate to other individuals that have nothing to do with that that have nothing to do with that I hate that they they try to limit black people. They try to limit uh, whether it be gay people, bisexual people, uh, women. They try to limit basically anybody that's non uh, non white straight male. They try to limit it, limit it to that, and that's often why the stories are trash. I always say how when it comes to white straight characters, male characters, 
There's no social ill to fall back on. So the writers are forced to be creative. They have to be. <laughs> There's nothing else yeah. that they can fall back on. Not with black characters. Like in for 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 forever, it's been the case where, well, as a black character, what let's have these predictable narratives. No, the black character can't just be black and also be a lawyer. That can't happen. He has to be black and he has to struggle with being black. And and it's all these predictable predictable narratives because they don't know what they're doing and they have to always emphasize that and that's why the stories often suffer uh, because of it so the representation thing is a gimmick in itself but it's also killing the art um, and, and entertainment as it becomes more and more of a focal point with uh, with writers and, and cre- creators I wouldn't even call them creators really they just piggyback off of established characters that they didn't create at all uh, to try to make some sort of social social uh, justice point um, and, and the art is absolutely suffering because of it it's funny that you, you mentioned that like with how with uh with black characters they have to make it like oh he's struggling with being black i remember um this is like maybe like early 2000s maybe like 2015 when uh the the main writer for luke cage it was predominantly a black guy but then it switched to a white guy and people were like he better do this fucking right because he could fuck up luke cage's story because luke cage's story like again he's he's a hero of harlem but he never really struggled with being a black superhero right. it was right. just like this is my domain. And he fucked around with like one or two white superheroes and a mess with Avengers and did this thing with Jessica Jones. But at the end of the day, he wasn't saying that like, oh, woe is me. He right. never had discrimination. But but then it was like the dialogue and the writing of the character what people were afraid of. You didn't hear about that in the news. You wouldn't hear about that in the news. It was just amongst fellow comic book nerds like, yo, they switched it to a white guy. Hey, gonna, is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? We don't know. And it happened. And it, it kind of worked out. I'm not 100% sure, but it worked out. And then I know somebody else took over. The same thing, you know, rep, talking about representation. I remember way, way back, there was the first gay marriage in Marvel. There was two Mar- Marvel, I think it was the X, two X-Men, they got married. And it was in the newspaper. It was in the newspaper. Nobody remembers that. Early, you even have the Young Avengers, Wiccan and Hulkin, they were both yep. gay. Yep. No one talks about them. No right. one talks about them. And, and you hear like these new heroes coming out. It's like, oh, our first gay superheroes. Like, no, we had gay superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. We had multiple gay superheroes, but you guys weren't trying to hear that. You guys didn't really fucking care. <laughs> the, the Black Panther comic came out multiple times. It had black writers and artists and they failed. Yeah. Because you know why? The people who were bigging it up, like, yo, Black Panther, blah, blah. You weren't buying the comics. Right. The Falcon comic. Falcon, when, when they redid the Falcon comic, when he was... Captain America, mm-hmm. he gave up the shield. He was like, I'm not Captain America. I'm fucking Falcon. Yeah, had his own stand-up comic, and he was he was about his life. He's like, I'm being myself. The comic failed because no one was buying it. Right. All these comics where they have like these uh, they, we we a lot of people scream they want diversity representation in comics. They're already you, there. It's there, but when they when they go, okay, let's just make it more about this one character. It's like, okay, we got it. We're not gonna watch it now. We're not gonna either read it, buy it. Or watch shows. There's a lot of shows that were on the um. What was it on Channel Nine? UPN was it UPN back in the days? Yeah, I think that was, that was back when I was coming up. Yeah, yeah, UPN. They had shows with lead black female characters, yeah, a bunch gay of characters, a bunch. Yeah. But you know what? No one fucking watched it. Yeah. you cried about one of things, and when you got it, you didn't fucking watch it. Yeah, because it was dog shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they want to go on cloud chase up. off of established white characters and then being like, oh, shit, we made it. It's just like, no. <laughs> no. And then people get mad at that, too. It's just like, oh, you're yeah. just being like, anti-black. It's like, no, I want a black a Batman. Sorry. Like, it's just just make another character. I mean, there's a black yeah, character within this black, universe. Like, You gave us a black Batman and his, his name is his, his name after the fucking plane. 
Are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, like, I really hate like this, you know, they, I get like, it's like you sending your, you said it's like a mantle that, you know, it's mantle characters. But then they, we have so many black characters that's no one talking about. Give me a fucking movie, an icon, Brother Voodoo, the yeah. Blue Marvel, fucking give, remake Meteor Man. Bring back Meteor Man. Yeah, we're giving it, we're getting, we're getting back Blade now. We're getting yeah. back Blade. Give me a Vixen movie. Give me a yeah. movie about Vixen. Get, like, I'm saying, I'm saying these characters, I'm pretty sure nobody knows. Give me another Spawn movie. Spawn is coming back. Good. Yeah. Give me a, give, let's get more Spawn. Like, we have black characters, but when you tokenize them, as I'm taking one of your words, you say, the normies are happy yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah that's, what they, like, oh, that's what they push for, right? Yeah, we like, got it. Yeah, we when they think they got uh, an accomplishment because well, this character that everybody knows has historically been white um, is now black or, or something like that, and they champion, they, they they clap it, they clap it up, and the the characters that have existed in the comic books, like there's no shortage of definitely when you get with Marvel and you talk about the X Men, there's no shortage of non-white straight characters. There's there's no shortage. There's definitely since the '80s, you know, Claremont days going into the New Mutants, like. There's been no shortage of non. I mean, there's been Asian, Asian, uh, or Asian mutants, black mutants. There's been so many, many of these different characters, and yet instead of hell, I got Bishop back there. You know, it's like it's, yeah, they got Forge. Like right, exactly. There's been there's been so many of them, and they've neglected to to support or build them up or or, or put the same sort of character development that they've done with some of the the straight white white characters. So what do they do? They take the lazy route out, and they'll take a character that we know has been straight and white forever, or or, or white character forever, and they they race change them, and then they think that is some sort of a, a accomplishment because of it, and it just goes to show that this. this we're in this odd era when it comes to comic book and entertainment where it's a lot of talentless people, you know, getting in these positions to write characters that we've known and love and they 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 lead with that change. Um, like this whole bogus is I hate when I hear people talk about this subject and they act like, well, this actor is or actress is filling this role because maybe she was the best person for a job. Like it, it, it completely it's a mindless point because you know generally when they cast people they're very specific in the type of person and that they that they want. So generally what happens is they go out of their way to do that. They say, well, we know that this is we wanted to make this character black. So we're only really looking for 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 black black folks. So, you know, black black canary is going to be in in the birds of prey. They were you don't take my word for anything. Go look it up for yourself. When they were looking to cast her, they were trying to find someone that was bi biracial to play play her, knowing that that had never been the character, which is hilarious to me. It's funny you brought up Vixen, which is hilarious to me because a lot of uh from a visual standpoint, definitely when she was wearing like uh, in the birds of prey movie uh just yeah. Jesse Smart, she's like she looked like Vixen. Looked like Vixen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's like, wow, well, what a way to crap, you know, try to bite off of a, of a historically black character by after tokenizing a, a, a historically white character. It's so needless, and it just really goes to show how talentless they are, and they expect to to be credited for that, which is what I hate. It's like, yeah, look at me. You know, I, I made this character black. I'm the champion uh, of, of, of black, you know, rights or, or what have you. And it's just so, it's so corny. And again, the, the, the reason why it sucks so much is because the art suffers because of it. Like it, it makes for bad 
art because you know that's what they are leading with first. It's what social statement can we make first? Then we'll worry about the story. That's kind of how it works. And it just makes for bad art. Always does. It's kind of like with uh, Captain Marvel. I'm sorry we're staying on this, but like with Captain Marvel, they had it for years. She was Miss Marvel and she got her powers from Marvel yep. as a Cree. But now they now, but that whole thing was too toxic. Like, why did she have to get her power from a man? From a man. Wait, the power has always been inside of her. Yeah. She's always had the power. And look, she has a Cree sister. Look at her Cree sister now. One and of like, the worst retcons, like and if you see like if you see like the, there's different comics, like there's so many, there's so many art styles of her and it's annoying. There's like one art style that you don't know, like she's, she looks non-binary. Like, I don't know if she's a, a male yeah. or female. She one is one. She let some chick was, there was a Claire. I can't remember her name. And she, she looks like, you know, Jay from, you know, Jay and Silent. Jay and Silent. Oh, oh, I think I saw that. Oh yeah. I think I, 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 yo, that was scary looking. It's so bad. What are they and doing? now, and now this new DC run, you know, I give you, listen, as much as I hate the Flash, the Flash is one of those characters that DC could say, you know what, go back in time and fix everything. Because with this new DC run, you got a, a new speedster with Kid Quick, who's yeah, uh, who's, who's, who's black and, was it black non-binary. or non-binary? Non-binary. Yeah, non-binary. Okay. If the comic doesn't work, you know what they're going to do? Of course. Come on. Flash, go run back, go run your ass back in time and fix everything. That's yeah. what they did in New 52. New Come 52 back, sucked. Turn Asian. Flash, you good. go go do some go do some wild shit. That's what we do. <laughs> but it's it's so annoying that like these new writers and artists take over things, and they're not really like you said. They're taking established characters and retconning them to fit an agenda. Yep. It's funny that you mention that because with Marvel, like Marvel did, remember when they did the, like the all new, all different stuff, which was like basically where where DC is about to do with this future state stuff. It's like. When DC has an opportunity to to pass them up, it's like DC says, "Yeah, we're gonna make the same damn mistakes that that they made, uh, you know, five years ago." So let's just run run our characters into the de- ground because I don't know who the hell is asking for this future future state stuff where literally every character is like a different race of a classically white uh, character. None of them are, are original or anything like that. It's just such a lousy, lazy thing um, that they want to do. And it's like they're, and unfortunately we're going to start seeing these characters pop up in cinema and, and TV shows because that's what they're writing nowadays. It's like, yeah, they, they, they want to have this character canonized so they can, they can't fall back on that anymore, that this is not like the comics. They say, well, this character existed, became a thing last week. You know what I mean? This is why, for example, yeah. Morales skipped the line of all of these characters that probably deserve more out, more stuff to, like more. They actually deserve the show or something like that. Were long before he did, but they put their all into that character who like just was a thing. Like you know, it's not like uh, this is a character that's been around for thirty years or something like that. It's like no, we. But again, it's about the social statements. That that character was specifically created for the social statement that they wanted uh, wanted to make piggybacking off the whole Obama thing. So it, it again, it goes back to the art suffering and, that, and that's why it's so annoying uh, for me because you have a lot of folks and, and it's, it's artists 
It's uh, no matter what what you read a book for. I'm a guy that's more of a storyline guy, but there's guys in the books for the artwork. There's a lot of weirdos getting positions that they should not be in. That they're probably diversity hires, to be completely honest. But they should. They're like, there's no reason why whatever his name, Tanahisi Coates. Why in the hell is he writing Black Panther? He there is no evidence of this guy having ever ever like liked a comic book ever in his life. All we know is that he was paraded around on on the the you know, doing all the social commentary and all of that sort of stuff. And now what What do you know? He's writing Black Panther and Captain America like he just comes out of nowhere. But we know why they instilled him and put him in that in that position, though. He didn't deserve it. Like straight up. Like there's so many other guys. I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with, uh, you know, Kevin, who created uh, Blue Marvel. Like that's my guy. And, you know, to hear some of the stuff. And you know, why hasn't he got a, sto- a recent story or anything? You don't hear about Kev- Kevin's doing his own stuff, but it's not like. Like he wouldn't write if they brought him on to do it, but no, they don't bring a, a guy like that who who has evidence of him knowing what he's doing. They bring up these weirdos. It's a lot of people in positions of uh, whether it be artists writing that it just they should not be there, and it's all because of the social statements that both DC and Marvel seem to be trying to they're trying to outdo each other on who can put out the the most crap. That's yeah. what it is. Do you feel like it's a case of supply and demand too? Because I feel like when people talk historically white characters make them brown it's like they're kind of appealing to the folks that lead with race first like for example like like the girl that wanted the free playstation 5 right hi i am a black creator and then like the rest is, is irrelevant <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you kind of guilt trip them but honestly yeah, yeah well, you put it on a public you put it on in public like hey can you do this because i noticed there's a lack of people of color black Dude, like, so it's, just, it's like, who the fuck are you? If I was so like, who, are you? <laughs> who the fuck are you? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it appeals to that. I feel like the tokenizing appeals to those types of people. Yeah, but I think it's going on now. I was going to ask him, I was like, do you think that all this shit is going on now just because the way that everything is? Like, Ruby Rose left Batwoman, but then you're that telling me sucked. the time with BLM and everything. Oh, we got to, you know, this is the time to plug in a black girl. Yeah, like, no, I think that we're seeing it more now because of yeah. the timing. Yeah, because of the time of post George Floyd, where everybody and their mama just became a, a social activist, um, and and it was all about Black Lives and blah blah blah. So you're going to see more and more and more of it because of the times. And you bring up a good point, and I, the reason, the thing that I always bring up is that these are yeah they're trying to obviously appeal to that particular crowd and they think that it will make it lucrative that's the only reason why they're doing it they're not doing it because of any other reason think that they can appeal and they think it makes it lucrative but really that stuff only works in like in film and tv show and quite often it doesn't work there either um you know we saw what happened and and it wasn't like we saw what just happened with birds of prey as an example that flopped and they were leading leading with that stuff a lot of people are starting to reject it and we know what's happening with comic comic book sales are in the tank uh, right now so because these guys that they're trying to appeal to don't even buy books so it, it's one of those things where if there is an avenue that they can get a, get away with it it's it's like it's movies it, it, it's TV shows uh, that they can try and that's what they're trying to capture but quite often it's like one of those things that Instagram and, and Twitter it's a very and I, and I encourage like my, my fellow like artists like you gotta kind of take that stuff with a grain of salt because it can be really tricky and really confusing because it can it can 
give you this false sense of what reality actually is. So if you were on Instagram or Twitter all day, you think that this was the only opinion in the world, right? Black lives matter, fist in the air. There couldn't be possibly anybody that would agree with that. You, that's what if you just were existed on Twitter and Instagram or Twitch or something like that. But what they are, they're very loud. Um, those types that, that like that type of stuff that make stand accounts and, and stuff like that and get mad at me and come raid my post because I didn't said something about black bad woman or something like that. It's really weird. But that's not a significant enough demographic that you can take us established character because what you end up doing is all the time you push out of a demographic. So you're trying to bring one in and you're like swapping them. So because the people that love this stuff are like, well, wait a minute. This isn't the character that I've been reading for decades. Why would I want to watch this movie? Why would I want to watch this TV show? I may give it a chance, but no, this is not how I envision that this character would be depicted. And I think What's again, the pendulum will swing back the other way. And I think in mass, it will start being rejected at some point when it doesn't become cool anymore uh, to do. But, yeah, they're trying to appeal to your point. Gothics they are trying to appeal to that that crowd. Absolutely. But I just don't see how people can be in a round table and be so clueless to think that, yeah, that's the only opinion that possibly exists. And we're going to alienate a complete side of our audience by trying to appeal to this particular audience that is very inconsistent. And just because they make stand accounts and cosplay our characters does not mean that they buy our products or watch our shows. So uh, it's it's a weird phenomenon that a lot of people are going going that route and they're going to they're going to die on that hill. Uh, but I don't think it's 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 lucrative for the long run absolutely definitely when it comes to comic book characters i mean look it is what it is comic books have their established demographic i'm there every wednesday and it ain't these weirdos that i I see on instagram or twitter that's there buying books it's just regular people you know what i mean so uh if that's the route they want to go their sales are going to continue to suffer until they wake up and, and, and understand what's going on but that's what they're trying to do they're just trying to appeal to that demographic that is very inconsistent that's what i figured was going to happen because that was going to be my next question like how does how does this go back how do, how do we fix it and i feel like once they start seeing how their wallets are kind of affected maybe they'll stop doing that because i don't I, I don't understand why everything's so tokenized. And to be honest, whenever I see like a historically white character that gets swapped brown, I actually get triggered now. Like I get angry. I'm like, what is this? Because just from a perspective of, you know, uh, you know, self-confidence, like self-esteem, I'm just like, you want sloppy seconds? You want yeah. this shit that they already had? Like, why don't you demand something new if you're really serious about representation? Like, why do we have to get the leftovers, you know? We'll suck it up too. Yeah, like they get happy. They're like, yeah, we made it. It's just like, nah, like it's a nah, white character. It's just like, yeah, we made it though. It's just like, like before I got before I got introduced to you, like for a while, I thought it was crazy because I had I had a lot of pushback from like black leftist Twitter where it was just like you're anti-black because you don't think this is a win for us. And I'm like, I can't be the only person that thinks otherwise. It <laughs> seems very odd. Yeah. No, now you get they used to get that all the time, and like um, you know, when there'll be a tokenized character, and I'd obviously you know express my positions on it, and yeah, I get rated by these weirdos who say like you should be proud, uh, like this black actress got this position. It's like why, 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 why should what? I don't, first of all, I don't know her. She don't know me. Like what? This isn't no victory for me. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I like this character. Now I don't like that. Like, obviously, they're bringing in this tokenized 
version of, I don't want to see that. Like what, what, why, what victory was this for me? But it goes back to what we were talking about earlier on in the show and that, you know, it's a, it's an esteem thing. It's a responsibility thing. It's like people want to try to piggyback off of everybody, someone else's stuff. God forbid they have they have their own stuff. But I, I will say this though: I think that it is creating a market of people that exist. Um, we see this. We saw this happen with Comics Gate, where Ethan Vesciver, Cyber Frog, for example, former DC and Marvel writer, makes literally a million dollars off of Cyber Frog, which is crowdfunding it after leaving those guys and doing its own thing. Like, these comic pros are broke. Let's be completely honest. They don't get paid nothing to write this garbage anyway, uh, which is hilarious that they continue to, to write this trash. Uh, and what it's doing is it's creating a, and it's with that with content creators as well, like where it's refreshing almost to see something that's not that trash, right? So when they see someone that's, uh, you know, that that's going, it's not even going against the grain. It's just being who it is that they are and, and making content that may be to the contrary of the that's being put out. Uh, but a lot of people are a lot more ripe right for that right now more than ever because they can't get away from it. So this is a problem. And it, it, yeah, it, it looks you know, doom and gloom if you look at it from the perspective that this is getting worse. But I do think that there's light at the end of the tunnel for creators in any space uh, to simply exist, you know what I mean? And not do that garbage and they may see some success because people are ripe for that. And there's a lot of people that um, I feel like I get enough messages and enough. Uh, I've seen enough increase in support to know that there's a lot of folks that are tired of this bullcrap, man. And it's just going to keep ever increasing. So as long as they continue to run these characters into the absolute ground. Seeing you talk like discovering you gave us hope. You're yeah, just like, oh, I was shit. just like, who's we ain't guy? going. This, this ain't the fucking Twilight Zone. I mean, it still feels like it in a way, but yeah. like, <laughs> it's. But the real sure. question is, how often, how many times per week are you referred to as a coon? <laughs> that's at least a twice a day kind of thing <laughs> that's a minimum of twi a twice a day kind of thing and it's so funny because they have absolutely no they 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 get frustrated at me not getting frustrated because that's the like they're like trump card for lack of better terms bam you know cool <laughs> like you know that's the only thing that they can say god forbid you had a you had a position that they didn't have bam cool they think that that's a oh man he's gonna end my life by playing that card and i'm like dude you're not saying anything and i'd be damned if i'm gonna listen to someone that's like fawning over tokenized characters to sit there and call me a cool trying to sit accept sloppy seconds from white folk i'd be damned like if that's what i'm like i'm trying to hear anything that person uh, it is it, saying, but that's a two time a day minimum process of, of folks just bombarding me with coon, house negro, or whatever other, other kind of terms that they can throw out to to suggest that you are somehow lesser than black black person um, because the fact that you have an opinion, and that's that's the insulting part of it. If there is an insulting part, is that they feel as if your positions, like I know you talk about it before, that that identity politics, something that you just hate, gothics, and, and I'm right there with you. Because it's like to limit someone's political positions or social positions on their race, like it's the corniest thing possible. It's like, dude, what do you mean? Like, I'm so it's this hive mind kind of thinking where you're not an individual, you are part of a race or, or it's more of a cult. Let them let them have anything to say about it, where you got to pledge allegiance to these different sort of ideas uh, if you are to be a legitimate black person as if the blackness just and I'm a dark skinned brother at that so it's like as if the melanin just is leaving my skin <laughs> <laughs> 
that that I have is utterly, you know, uh, hilarious. But I just I've done several videos talking about this topic and how I just cannot take those people serious when they not only with the accepting of, of, of sloppy seconds, but they entire ideology is centered around white people whether they know it or like to admit it or not that's what it is they're controlled by the thoughts of white people they get easily offended by by white people existing in certain spaces doing certain things um like where white people essentially can can control their their thoughts and they 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 lend themselves to that idea when they advocate for these other things like hey mr white man accept me Mr. Mr. White Man, embrace me. Like, uh, you know, don't discriminate against me. And this is, you know, one of my most viewed videos. The one talking about, I I prefer the more Malcolm X approach. Like, dog, if you don't like me, I whatever. Like, I'm not about to be begging to be accepted by you. That's not my thing. That's not my thing. But if I did 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 do that, they wouldn't call me a coon. But if I'm going around kissing white folks' ass and begging them to accept me, then then that's 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 perfectly. Because that makes sense. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world, right? You just got to vote for Biden. And then yeah, vote black. for Biden. <laughs> I went into his stream the other day on Twitch. He literally had in his title, like, Joe Biden sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you're just asking to get attacked. No, you, you just like. <laughs> I'm asking for it, man. Ready I'm for like, the smoke. Bring it on, man. I want all every bit of that smoke. That's exactly what I want. Bring, bring it on. So I'm always, if I do stream on Twitch, is why I'm putting, I'm putting some provocative, like, title which is actually my position it's not like a bait it's my position uh but i'm begging someone to come in there and actually say something about it so i can farm up let's do it <laughs> yeah i got one i got one thing oh, because shit. i so so you recently got blocked by uh <laughs> batista oh yeah wait batista oh how yes, the fuck did i miss that <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He got, you got yeah. blocked by him because you asked a simple question to respond. And your question was simple. Was, is this satire? And it was an instant block. <laughs> yep, that's how, how, do you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel that? <laughs> Batista. Show that, like, and for, for context, for people that don't know, Batista talked about how, how it, was, it was, I don't know, it was a weird, weird, weird like gun stuff. It's like a yeah, whole it, gun it was, thing. It was like, you know, hey, how do you do, fellow gun owners? Uh, he was basically saying that Biden and didn't want to, you know, he, he wasn't anti-gun or, or something like that. He, uh, he just wants sensible gun to control. And if you need an AF, uh, nobody needs an AR-15 to to overcompensate was the term that he used. And I thought it was a joke because he led with the fellow gun owners. Like, it's like that, you know, how do you do fellow kids? Like, I was like, that's that's a bizarre. So I was, I was like, this is satire. Like, is he joking right now? And then he blocked me, which let me know that he was serious. Uh, <laughs> He, he was actually serious uh, about that, but that was a, uh, it, it's like guns obviously is something that the people being anti-gun, like that's one of my, that's a, that's something that I hold near and dear to my heart, you know, being a guy that has a lot of those, <laughs> you know, and a lot of types of them, including the ones that he was mentioning in AR, AR-15s. And I think that's an absolute hill worth dying going. Uh, you want to talk about the last stand to a country going into full blown tyranny. That's it. Um, so once that goes out the window, they can do whatever it is that they want. So to, to hear these blue check marks like the Bautistas of the world, 
um, you know, have this Uber and, you know, it's Bautista, right? He has a lot of money. He's been in a successful, you know, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy and what he was doing with wrestling. Uh, you know, he, he's the, he probably has a lot of guys that he could pay to secure him. Uh, a lot of us don't have that luxury. So the, when I hear them, it, it's something that you want to talk, it triggers me. Here, these blue check marks, these well protected elites sit up here and be anti-gun or act like it's something wrong with you to be um, pro-gun rather or not anti-gun is it, so silly because they lead the charge and they're all uber uber protected um, and they're not the ones in the event that you know they get caught without it they'll be fine whereas if I get caught without it that's 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 the difference between you know life and death and, and it's a serious thing I take serious and I, I despise when these weirdos like Bautista take these positions that is just a you want to talk about privilege like that's a privileged mm-hmm. position where you get to just say hey you shouldn't be able to protect yourself with, with, with uh, certain weaponry and then try to mask it as if Biden who is talking about banning online sales of guns and all sorts of crazy crazy thing that was on his platform to sit up there and try to say this is what they try to do like hey look at us we support him I own a gun you should support him too like no you freaking loser that's not how it works it's not how it works mm. okay. <clears throat> no, that's, okay so uh, I had another question here so before I had my uh, political awakening this year I still don't know what the fuck I align with I'm still like jello at this point you know what we don't like I yeah, I know what I don't like. I know that much. <laughs> um, so before I had that moment and when COVID started, I was one of those f- people freaking out. Like I was bugging. I was like, we're all going to die. So I like, I literally went like and bought like oxygen in a can. Like I was like, let's get all Wait, rations. Bought- like, yo, don't even, don't judge me. Wait, you really, I didn't know you bought oxygen. Yes, I bought can. oxygen I in the can because they, they made me think I was going to like die of suffocating. Like, you know what? I was. I had a moment, all right? Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, pause, pause. Pause the podcast. Yeah, I had a moment. She was just like, I got asthma. She was like, you gonna need this. How the fuck you get oxygen in the can? How the fuck you can buy anything on the internet, Della? Like you go, like this. You go. Find your business. I got my oxygen. I got got it. the damn white So anyway, I was one of those that was very vocal at the beginning. I was just like, yo, put on your fucking mask. Like, wear your mask because I thought we're all gonna die. You make it very clear that no fuck you so what is <laughs> what is your explain your positions because when i try when i've tried explaining like because you know you you've come up in a, a few instances like on my feed where people are mentioning like oh this guy doesn't like like wearing masks and they don't quite understand so explain to me your logic behind not wearing masks and why it makes sense yeah good and that's a good question first of all um I think that it should be bizarre, no matter where you're at on this particular issue. Prior to March, there was absolutely zero scientific. uh, Well, scientific consensus sounds like an oxymoronic term, but there was no one way or the other that masks were even effective in, in, in slowing the spread prior to March. Every every thing, every every study that they had did, the few that had actual that were were actual random control trials, um, there was no. No, like, yeah, this this is this is the conclusion. But it's not even just about that, because my position is is it's a little more, you know, it's a little more depth to it. My position is do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, And if, if, if it does make you feel comfortable to wear a mask, fine, do it. If you are a business owner that wants to require people to wear masks. 
That's your business. One will crowd people to social distance. That's your business. My issue is obviously nobody should be forced to do it one way or another. Let the market work itself out in whatever way that it may. So if there's a business that says you must wear masks to enter, um, not because the government's forcing them, but because that's a policy they want to adopt. Let the consumer decide if that's somewhere that he wants to shop at or that's somewhere that they, they want to go elsewhere. For something like this that has a 99% survival rate, by the way, um, I just thought that when it came to the mask thing, I think it was what people want. They need, they wanted some sense of hope because they had been confused into being scared, which is not much to be scared at. Even if you are a person that has, you know, asthma or, or something like that, believe it or not, it's you, it's a very high likelihood that if you catch this one, number one, you're not going to die. Number two, you're not going to get hospitalized. There will be some people that absolutely will, but that can be said for virtually every upper respiratory illness. So my position has always been a position of freedom. I hate this one size fits all, which is always applied by way of government um, and by way of people, these cultists, which is why I call them mass cultists, which feel as if that's what must happen. Actually, it was a Danish study that the only RCT done on this particular subject just came out like two days ago. And it found, of course, that there was no difference in whether or not someone with the mask or without the mask, if that was if that was slowing the spread or that was stopping them from getting the virus. There was no proof that that was uh, there was no consensus there. There was nothing. There was a like there's a st- statistically insignificant in terms of the differentiation. So when you have that sort of those sort of now it's not even just the science in, in terms of the studies, but look, guys, let's be realistic about this situation, right? We didn't do this with any other upper respiratory illness that killed people. We didn't do it with tuberculosis. We didn't do it, which has killed like millions, literally millions of people with tuberculosis. We didn't do this was obviously with influenza, despite it having a vaccine. Um, we didn't do this with, you know, the, the first, the OG SARS, if you will, H1N1 swine flu. Like, we never did any of this. What we are doing right now was unprecedented, and it's not because the virus itself is unprecedented. It's because of the reaction like and I think that's what I generally lead with for people who are so confused by my position. It's like I think a lot of people bought into the hype and got freaked out. And I understand it. Right. When you hear something like, "Okay, I have something that seems like it may be airborne and I may die. Like that's 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 enough to scare anybody. But we're eight months into the game, uh, nine months into the game. The virus is not what they said. All the models were completely incorrect. Um, and they moved the posts on every single way. I remember back in the day, it was 15 days to slow the spread. Well, now we're entering into another lockdown. Like, so my thing is like, do what makes you feel comfortable. This is why I've never said that. Me personally, yeah, obviously I'm going to choose not to wear a mask. That's a risk that I'm willing to, I don't want to wear a diaper on my face, but I had this big beard. It doesn't even work. You know what I mean? With me having this this beard. So with, with me, it's not a necessarily pro or anti mask thing. It's a pro freedom thing. And I want you to do what feels comfortable um, uh, to you. What I, where I get upset is that there's this sweeping idea that masks are effective force. You you need to be forced to wear a mask. Uh, you need to be forced to lock down. And that's what triggers me because that's obviously not a freedom based response, but it's not even rooted in the science that they've been claiming that they paid so much attention to. It's just rhetoric. It's just, it sounds good. It's a way for people to, have this like sort of security blanket, but there's nothing that points to even the mass mandate thing even being effective. In fact, I was talking about a study uh, done. They would they it was like a thousand or so counties. These scientists were so itching to put this 
put the reached this conclusion that they were effective, that they irresponsibly put this study out that that came to that conclusion. They recently had to be withdrawn because they saw upticks in those same damn counties, which proved that the mass mandates weren't even as effective as what they initially thought. It's a lot of anti-science stuff coming from the scientific community regarding this issue. But ultimately, it should be up to the individual, up to the individual business owners to do whatever it is that they want to do. I hate that people feel like their idea is the idea. Everybody should be forced to do it. That's what triggers me. That's what I figured your position was, because like now I'm kind of at that same position where it's just like I'm at the point where I even just forget to put on a mask. Like I'm about to walk in. I'm like, oh, fuck, got to put this on. Like I'm just over it. And then also like seeing how people are like very aggressive about trying to make sure everybody wears masks. Like uh, like a month ago, I was at waiting in line at the dispensary. This is a place you go to buy marijuana, the happiest place on earth. And this fucking guy at the back of the line is like shouting and trying to pick a fight with someone that's waiting in the line that's not having a mask on i'm like dude if you don't want to catch something go home like that makes more sense than trying to force somebody else to do it my building says the apartment complex i live in they say you gotta wear a mask in the elevator i don't wear a mask in the elevator i'm because i'm leaving the building building. (laughs) i gotta go to a stoop because i'm going out of the building to this to my car drive to work and you know i gotta wear a mask at work and then Half the time, you know, I do catch myself putting the mask down or walking around the street without the mask. And I feel like a lot of people are on the side where they say, you know, like you said, Gothic's like, it's just, they're over it. Yeah. You know, yeah. not everybody, you don't see anybody wearing the mask. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Me, it's just chaotic. I'm going to do it. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Eric, you're you're like an anarchist. You, yeah. you believe the same shit. Let it all fucking burn down. Who cares at the end of the day? <laughs> Yo, that's the line of 2020, bro. Exactly. Bro, I, don't care. Like, I don't care. Let it burn. I mean, like, shit is burning. Shit's been burning. <laughs> it's been burning. <laughs> that's true. So uh, I got one more question. Uh, and then, then after that, we can wrap it up if everybody's good here. Um, but so you're an anarcho-capitalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to join that crew. Okay, you no, you. It only sounds good because this has anarcho in it. I think that's what you just want to burn shit like, down too, though. I want yes. so yes. yes. Okay, crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you said that you like so you started promoting libertarian and mm-hmm. and um, so is that explain that like what is the differences between that because I did not know that existed until I saw that you were one. Yeah, well, so libertarianism obviously is a philosophy, you know, and uh, what libertarianism like anarcho-capitalism or anarcho-capitalism, I generally just explain it in like that. It's the it's libertarianism to logical conclusion. But how it generally actually is that every ANCAP, anarcho-capitalist is a libertarian, but not all libertarians are ANCAPs, right? Because some, um, and I would argue maybe most libertarians are more minarchists, meaning that they believe that a state should exist. It just should only be in charge of like the court systems, uh, security, uh, and that like, you know, national defense and stuff like that. And that's it. That's where most libertarians are. Whereas the anarcho-capitalists is like, well, we accept that the market is best suited to handle everything else. Why would we stop at at the court system? Why can't those be privatized, you know, as well? That's more so what the anarcho-capitalists, you know, come. So it's libertarianism. It's just we don't make exceptions for when we find that the market is best suited to handle a a problem. That's all. That's the only difference is between it. So, again, like, this is why, you know, they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. You hear me say I'm a libertarian. You hear me say I'm an anarcho-capitalist. They're the same thing. Uh, We're not the same thing. It's more of like, you know, obviously it 
it it it it embodies all of that and libertarianism that tent has of course anarcho capitalism un, under it and if you know for a history lesson the only reason why in America sense modern libertarianism is called libertarianism and not uh, generally associated with leftism like it had been historically is because of an anarcho capitalist in Murray Rothbard who you know wrote the libertarian manifestos and and, and all of that he was the one that kind of hijacked the term from 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 leftists and this is why in the modern sense now it's more uh, associated with capitalism and, and 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 free markets and those ideas because of an anarcho-capitalist so that's really all that it is we just don't make make exceptions for the state which is what we feel like menarchists do but i don't find there's there's i'm not gonna lie there's a sector of anarcho-capitalists that find menarchists as enemies i don't that's not my guy that's not my thing hell the guys that have introduced me to libertarianism is not an anarchist like dr walter e williams he's not he's not an anarcho capitalist he's more of a minarchist a libertarian so thomas souls of the world are more of minarchist libertarians they're not they're not like anarcho capitalists but they led me they got me to go to go down that sort of rabbit hole um so that that's all that it is it's just and i have to always say that because i have to make the distinction from you know the other guys that call themselves anarchists and like the antifas of the world like those ain't my guys like those i wouldn't even consider them a, uh, actual anarchists because they believe in like destruction of people's private property like you know of and that's obviously not a not a libertarian position not an anarcho-capitalist uh, uh position or anything like that so there's a distinction and we go down that rabbit hole we talk about different schools of anarchist thought um and such a, you know this is actually in our video status backwards our song statism when you see us wear all those colors like we had those hoodies we were all in striped color i had the black and gold one which obviously is uh, you know anarcho-capitalism but you saw some had a black and gray one that's agorism there's another school of like sort of anarchist thought you had mutualism someone had a black and orange hoodie that's and a blue one which was uh uh you know tra uh, transhumanism you know and you had a black and white one which was uh, anarcho-pacifism so we had all those different sort of anarchist schools uh, uh, of thoughts kind of in, in in that video for that for that reason i don't think a lot of people caught that but that's why we were doing that um but yeah that's our thing and um that's that's more sort of what it is that i embody so i, I kind of use both terms just depending on what it is that i'm doing when people ask me what type of libertarian i am then i would tell them i'm an anarcho-capitalist nice okay sorry della there's no burning of random property <laughs> down yeah. i know you were excited bullshit <laughs> bullshit <laughs> he doesn't want to join this club now me. i mean there is people that <laughs> are doing not. burning i mean you can join antifa if you want yeah you know. i don't want to be fucking <laughs> i don't want to join are a group that has one political stance. If I'm want to burn shit down, it's burning the whole government. Okay. <laughs> so like, burn it all fucking down. Black likes <laughs> Luther ass. <laughs> no, I'm just serious. I'm tired of, tired of shit. Yeah, fucking God, sick God. of it. Let's burn it all fucking down. Uh, Every day at my work, I'm like, this building needs to burn the fucking <laughs> shit. I don't, I don't know if you heard about this recent story, Eric, but uh, I know you, you've been you're very vocal how the Black Lives Matter movement is just, it's it's around now, then after the whole election, it's going to start just, it's just a ghost. It's yeah. a ghost. So, a uh, perfect example with this most recent killing that happened last week, Friday. Two black men gunned down in the car by two white officers. No, no news coverage, as big as, like, you know, with other shootings. No riots, no protests. 
No BLM. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the BLM movement has been one of of uh, it's been. And this is why the Democrats have been so accepting of them because they're the youthful idiots of of their their wing. Right. They're like the guys that get for free. Essentially, they get to promote them and, and do campaigning for them without getting any money. They're getting the crap end of the stick, uh, certainly in that deal. But that's how it always was. And this is how like it's a movement centered around and it's attached. I don't care what people try to make it seem as if it's not attached to the poli- the, the political wing or the progressive wing and, and Democrats. Yes, it is. It always has been. It, it it always has been that that movement is is inherently tied uh, to that. And they move when they're told to move. So if there is an instance when something like that happens, if they weren't told to go protest or or do whatever it is, make some noise, then they don't do it. It isn't until they get their marching orders when they say when they do that. And you're going to see that stuff start calming down. Definitely. If it does remain that Joe Biden is to be president because they don't want that to be associated with him. That's how it always was throughout. Definitely through this year. That's what it was. It was it was a useful tool to try to demonize Trump, Trump supporters, Republicans in general. And that's how it was. That's why so many politicians and so many government officials latched on to that movement because they were like, man, we could use these guys to make some noise on our behalf. And that's what they did. That's what they did. So if they're not told to move, then they won't move. It's not it never was a movement even centered around actual caring about, you know, black life or or anything like that. The slogan is just much of it's like the anti-fascist thing. It's one of those things where they think that the slogan kind of rids them of one being hypocrite and adopting the positions that they claim that the other side is adopting, particularly in the anti-fascist. But it's one of those things like, how could you be against Black Lives Matter? Do you not care about black lives? (laughs) It's the same thing with anti how could you be against Antifa? Like they're anti-fascist fascist aren't you against fascism it's just a bait and switch and it's it's what they do is they have their little title their little slogans and then they try to act as if that's all that it embodies when we uh, people that have been paying attention know that it's not it, 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 it that's not what it is but if they get their marching orders they'll start marching but until oh, then, sorry. they have not- to march to the beat of the drum of the, the leader somebody has to go go Bingo. And, yeah. and that's when they do it. Then they, it's like it, 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 every single time that's how it's worked. It's like something because you hear about these instances that happen elsewhere. You'd be like, hmm, okay. And they you think they'd be marching for that? No, they weren't. Well, they weren't told to. Right. They weren't told. The, the 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 leaders of their of their movement didn't say, hey, go go do go do that thing that you guys have been doing. That's not what they had been told. So that's why it's such a controlled movement. And you've seen people that were even a part of this movement start to detach themselves from it because of that. It's like it's a, it's a very corporate movement. The fact that these guys have acted as if they were the revolutionaries when seemingly I can't get away. I can't even play a damn video game without seeing Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Like they have the most corporate movement, the most corporate, it's a corporate slogan. It's completely controlled. Um, and if they don't get their marching orders, then they won't march. They won't march. How chaotic do you think it's going to be? Let's just say when all the dust settles down and if Trump and his legal team, whatever happens and things get overturned. Which can happen. How chaotic do you think it would really get? Oh, we're talking like uh, they're going to throw a, a fucking fit. But the problem with, with that is, is that I think at that point, they're going to throw a fit that's going to bite off too much. They're going to bite up more, more than they can chew. We started to see how in instances where these riots, Marxist protests, 
every protest can turn into a riot. All it really takes is one guy to kind of throw a brick into it. Well, you throw a chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you throw yeah. a chair, a yeah. fight breaks out. Then, then, then it's no longer a peaceful protest. But it was gonna, it would get crazy. But I, I, the reason why I, I, I don't know, I was gonna say I fear for that. I think at that point it would probably cross into like outside of the inner city, like maybe going into suburbia at that point. That's not going to end well. Yeah. And I think people actually need to understand that. So I and mean, that's the thing that I fear from from that, which is a very realistic thing that that can happen. I'm not saying that it will. But if, if you've been following the paper trail, like there's a case, there's a reason why it doesn't seem submitted. You know what I mean? It's because it's not. And 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 they're they're they're, they're They have their legal team all over this. And this is a very realistic thing that we could enter uh, um, uh, an era where maybe he gets overturned or at least minimum is a wash. So if that happens, they're going to go off because they're going to then feel like they were screwed out of the election. And that's the, the unfortunately, because Democrats have authorized and excused their bad behavior, they're going to be encouraged to do that. But I think at that point, it will get so crazy that it may start crossing into areas where they think they're taking it to the enemy. And it's going to end up bad, like as in bad. And it's a reason why I'm like, please, I don't don't ride. But if you ride, especially don't take it. Don't think like you taking it to the suburbs is something that you want to do because a lot of y'all are going to get killed. Like, seriously, like seriously, like not even joking. Like that's that's where it, how crazy it can get. And they're going to get the bad end of that because this suburbia just wants to be left alone. Right. right. When you start itching in and go, getting closer to there and getting too close to home because you feel like you're old this or you're mad at, at this and you're mad at that. You know, that's a problem. Like I live in a suburb. I don't live in the hood no more. I live in the suburbs now. If it come out here, like I know my, everybody over here strapped to the fucking gills. Like <laughs> everybody. Hey, like, it. like it's going to be very, very bad if they were to take it like here, even when when we had protests, I live in Frisco, north of Dallas. And when we had the, our first protest, everybody was on high alert. They only kept it obviously on, on the main street that kind of goes through, through the city, but that would, that was it. And thankfully that was all that it took. That's all that, it, that, that happened because if it goes there, it's one thing to do it in the city, right downtown. That's one thing. But if you bring it to the suburbs or God forbid you actually went to like them, uh, you know, rural areas, it's going to be some people that get hurt. And I don't want that to happen. I want to be clear. I do not want that to happen. But I do believe that if the election is if it somehow ends up and that Trump wins, it's going to get so chaotic. And I do think that's when we start to see, unfortunately, folks, folks getting too, too wild, man. And I think some people are going to get either killed or severely hurt with caps up their asses because they done took it to the suburbs, which is always a no-no. They shouldn't have never did that. I would like, looking, like in retrospect, I can't imagine aligning myself with that side anymore because like, I, it, it would just be exhausting to always be angry all the time. <laughs> yeah. And that that's their thing. So I don't... Anger it's it's not that. I mean, I'm always angry about something, so it's not that exhausting. But to know, what's exhausting is they constantly fight with somebody on the internet. Yeah. That's exhausting. Yeah, that's exhausting. Yeah, you gotta cut your losses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have reached the end of this, Eric. I want to thank you again for being on this podcast. Uh, do me a favor, let everybody know where they can find you. 
Find me uh, at Twitter, of course, uh, Eric D. July. That's also the Instagram thing that I'm never posting on. Or you can just visit EricDJuly.com if you want to know everything about me and get in. You know, just, you can get links to the band and everything. The show for Canon Sake podcast, all of that stuff. Just go to EricDJuly.com uh, and it has everything there. And again, I appreciate all of you guys for for having me on. And yeah, you want to do it again? Just give me a holler. I'm there. All right, oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, are- me, me and Ty will call you. Yeah, you, they just—they just want to yeah. talk comics. I'm I mean, just like, that's it. I'm we, the we gamer. We want to geek out again. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Um. Hey, everyone! Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and we will see you in the next episode. See you later. Peace. Bye.